Hello everyone, you're listening to Mythed Up. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Laura. And our very first topic for our very first episode is the myth of Hades and Persephone. Um, most of you guys probably know a version of this myth. Um, it's Greek, Greek mythology. I'm, I'm going to hope that most of you guys know this. We chose this as our first topic because it's a pretty well-known um, myth and pretty well-known mythology in general. Um, but, you know, most of us learn the myth of Hades and Persephone when we're in middle school or high school, maybe some in elementary school or something, but we learn it at some point in school. <laughs> um, but it's usually a story that involves kidnap and rape, you know, like Hades thinks that Persephone is so beautiful and so he just, like, rips open the ground and pulls her down into the underworld and forces her to marry him. Um, probably in some aspects of the story there is some rape going on there too. Um, and then Demeter basically rescues Persephone. So she can only stay in the underworld for about half of the year. Um, some stories only have three months because that's about how long winter is. But... Um, Originally, it was six months, but there are some versions of this myth that are very different. They don't include the kidnap. They don't include the rape, and generally, they're much more preferred, in my opinion. Um, the myth that you're taught in school is not the original myth. Um, there are two other versions that um, were known before the version that you were taught in school. Um, but basically you have these two characters, Hades and Persephone. They're both like polar opposites. Hades is portrayed as this villainous person because he's been shut off from Olympus and um, basically exiled from the other gods because he is the lord of the dead. He's all dark and mysterious, that kind of guy that you would think would listen to like hardcore heavy metal and emo music with with all the black eyeliner or something like that. Um, these dark wispy shadows following him all around. Um, and then there's Persephone over here, um, daughter of Zeus and Demeter, the god of thunder and lightning and the goddess of the harvest, um, who's just like this young, pretty little girl. Um, you might think of her like a hippie in some aspects. Um, she's probably got that flower crown going and that pink sundress, you know, that kind of person there. But they're, they're very contrasting personalities. And you probably wouldn't think that it could end happily. But um, our first myth is, um, honestly, it's not my favorite version. My favorite version is the second version. We'll get into that shortly. Um, this version is basically um, Demeter wants to keep Persephone all to herself. Um, she doesn't want her to grow up. She wants her to stay this young, childish, beautiful virgin forever. Um, now Hades starts watching Persephone. Um, he watches her from afar and as he's doing this watching, he starts to fall in love with her. Um, so after watching her for some time, he goes to Zeus 
his brother, um, his brother Zeus, Persephone's father, and he asks for her hand in marriage. Um, now Zeus, Zeus is okay with this. Zeus tells Hades that he can marry Persephone. You know, it's it's all good. There's no kidnapping here. So he takes her to the underworld. Um, Hades takes Persephone to the underworld, and she she isn't happy at first. Um, we kind of got like a Beauty and the Beast thing going. But in time, she starts to warm up for him, warm up to him. Um, and originally, there in this version of the myth, Elysium, the paradise for the good people who went to the underworld, does not exist. And Persephone suggests to Hades that there should be a place for the good people so they have some kind of reward after their death. And so Hades creates Elysium for Persephone. Um... But then, you know, like any good love story, there has to be that antagonist. And that antagonist comes in the form of Demeter. Shocker. Um, but basically, Demeter throws a hissy fit. She's throwing a hissy fit because Zeus didn't talk about this marriage with her. And she doesn't want Persephone to get married because Persephone has to stay this childish virgin, virgin forever. She's not allowed to marry. No, no, she has to stay a virgin. You know, she's probably not a virgin anymore, but, you know, she she has to be all Demeter's. So Demeter throws a hissy fit. Um, and out of that, you know, Zeus has to make some kind of resolve because Demeter's being difficult. So that is why Persephone can only stay in the underworld with her husband now, now husband, for only half of a year. Um... Which, in my opinion, is really sad. Like, when I first learned this version of the myth, I was, like, hating on Demeter. I was, I was hating. But this second version, um, my personal favorite, um, it has the same background. You know, Demeter babies Persephone. She wants her to stay childish. She wants her to stay a virgin forever. She wants her to stay this innocent, pure little child. But, you know, all children have to grow up. So... Persephone's just wandering in the meadow like she is in the virgin version of the myth that, you know, y'all will probably be in taught in school. Um, but instead of Hades coming and taking her to the underworld, she actually stumbles upon the underworld herself. Um, eventually, as she's wandering around exploring the underworld, Hades finds her and he's basically like, what the heck? Who is you? What is you doing here? Why you why you here, pretty girl? You not dead. Um, but Persephone um, kind of grows fond of the underworld as she's exploring it, and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here. I like it here. I'm just gonna stay. You know, whether you like it or not, I'm staying here. Um. So. They don't immediately get married. They don't immediately fall in love. But over time, they do. Um, no Beauty and the Beast parallel here. It's just she likes the underworld. She's staying. Hades is like, okay, we cool. Um, but then over time, they start to fall in love as Persephone stays in the underworld. And they eventually decide to get married. Um, but then, once again, Demeter needs to throw her hissy fit. Yes, Demeter throws a hissy fit in this version of the myth, too. Yeah. So, her daughter isn't her innocent little virgin anymore. She doesn't have her daughter to herself. She can't keep her to herself anymore. So, 
Once again, she throws this hissy fit, and it has the same result. Persephone can only stay in the underworld for half the year. So she's, she's separated from her husband in that time just because Demeter wanted to keep her all to herself. Which, in my opinion, is, is really crappy. It's, it sucks, man. It sucks. Um, but, you know, moral of the story. The version of the Persephone and Hades myth that you were taught in school, not accurate. Um, the version about kidnapping and rape and all these terrible things to Persephone, they, they don't know. No, that's not how it works. No, the, those two versions of the myth are more parallel than the version about kidnapping and rape. And it makes it obvious that it's not the original version because it's so different from those other two. Um, and it's definitely probably not the version that people would prefer to tell or learn about um, should they know about other versions. Um, and then these, these other two versions, they're genuine love stories. I mean, one contains parallels to Beauty and the Beast. Um, the other one is just the exact polar opposite of the myth we were all taught in school. Um, Hades is not the bad guy here. Hades, Hades is a good guy, genuinely cares for Persephone. He actually loves her. He's not lusting after her and just wants her to be his wife. Um, Demeter is the antagonist here. She's, she's trying to keep Persephone from growing up. She just wants to keep her all to herself. And honestly, that kind of pisses me off a little bit. But I don't know if it pisses you guys off. But, you know, that's, that's what happens. And being the god of death doesn't mean you're immediately bad. Yeah. That's, that is very true. It's, they have, they have these stereotypes for people. And... You know, if, if any of you have read the Percy Jackson stories by Rick Riordan, um, Hades is this stubborn, villainous idiot who can't be reasoned with. And Persephone is like, boom, you know, like she's, she's with you in a heartbeat. You know, she defends Percy against Hades and, you know, all these nice things. But it was actually the exact opposite in most versions of Greek mythology. Persephone's name actually means destroyer. And Hades was, he could be reasoned with very easily. He was very easy to reason with. Persephone was the stubborn one who could not be reasoned with. Um, so that's just another reason, like, it definitely differs from these stereotypes that we have in our minds. Um, so I just, I just want you guys to think about that, you know. Their Greek mythology isn't all it's cracked up to be. It ain't all they tell you in school. So... Discussion time! So, you know, now that you've heard the myth, we're basically just gonna, you know, talk and rant about it, bring up some, um, I guess, related stories. Um, and basically, a little um, bit of characterization. Characterization, yes, and um, some references to Hades and Persephone and this myth in pop culture. Um, so one thing I really like about Hades and Persephone is that when you look at the two myths, the two versions of the myth that we just went over, um, they really support that idea of opposites attract. Um, like I said before, Hades is like 
Um, you can picture him as like this dark dude. You know, he's got the, the guy liner going on. He's got those like ripped black jeans and probably has his hair in a ponytail listening to heavy metal emo music, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then Persephone is like that hippie, you know, with the flower crown and the long flowy sundresses, you know, this long wavy, probably blonde hair just kind of flowing in the wind, like feeling like Ariel, like, oh, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're literally, when you look at them, um, and you picture them that way, they're polar opposites. And at that point, I just, I really love how it makes it. It's, it supports that claim of opposites attract. I don't know. That's always intrigued me. Um, but but um, going into that, uh, when you think of them that way, you would think, you know, oh, Persephone's going to be the nice, sweet person, you know. She's, she's going to be easily reasoned with, and Hades is going to be this, you know, really stubborn you know, kind of like a jerk face. But, um, you know, it was actually the opposite. Like I said, um, Persephone means the destroyer. Um, she was, she was very stubborn. She, she believed in justice, you know, I mean, um, I guess she was very similar to Athena in that way. Um, she believed you got what you deserved, you know, and it was, it was very hard to reason with her. Hades, was the one that could be reasoned with more easily. Um, he named his dog Spot. Yeah, Hades, Cerberus in Greek mean means Spot. You know, Hades, Hades was a softy. Because <laughs> I mean, really, how many big tough guys with the muscles do you see walking around with their pit bulls named Spot? <laughs> but um, I mean, even there's there's a Greek myth. That supports that claim, too. Um, for those of you that have heard of the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, it's it's another one of my favorite myths, guys. I'm going to be honest. Um, but um, on the wedding of Orpheus and Eurydice, Eurydice is just, you know, casually strolling in a field. She comes upon a satyr um, for reasons undetermined uh she has to escape this satyr he probably tries to rape her or something let's be honest it's greek mythology um but in doing so she um falls onto these snakes and she gets bitten in the heel and she dies from the venom and orpheus finds her dead right after their wedding ain't that lovely but um you know, he finds her dead, so he decides, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the the underworld. I'm going to see if I can reason with the god of the underworld, you know, this this king of the underworld, Hades. Um, and Orpheus was a musician, and he played so sweetly, he was actually able to um, convince Hades to give him a chance to bring Eurydice back. And, you know, eventually... Persephone came along with this too, but it was, um, in most versions of the myth, you'll hear him reasoning with Hades more than Persephone, um, at least in my experience, and, you know, that definitely supports the claim that 
Hades was a lot softer than Persephone. Persephone was, was very stubborn. Um, you know, unfortunately, Orpheus failed in getting Eurydice out of the underworld. Um, I, I definitely suggest reading up on that and finishing the myth. Gave you, I gave you something to want to look up now. So definitely, definitely look that up. Um, it's, it's a really good myth, guys. Um, and it, it definitely shows the, the differences between Hades and Persephone. There's also the myth of Theseus and his friend Perithius. They were, they were sons of demigods, they were demigods, and they promised to marry daughters of Zeus. And sadly, they kidnapped Helen, but she was too young to marry. And you, you might know her as, as Helen of Troy, um, but at this, at this point in time, she was still Helen, Helen of Sparta. Of Sparta. Um, before the Trojan War. Perithius decided, oh, hey, I'm going to marry Persephone. And so they go down to the underworld to try and capture her. And then Hades comes along and says, oh, hey, guys, and do you want to come and stay for a meal with us? And Perithius and Theseus are like, oh, man, he's totally not going to notice. And so they go to sit down, and the chairs kind of trap them. And there's... <laughs> and so they're stuck in the river of forgetfulness forever until Hercules comes along. Hercules. Heracles. And Heracles releases Theseus, but when he comes to try and release Perithius. But. <laughs> That's fine. Perithius, uh, the whole underworld shakes, telling Heracles that you're not going to release this guy. He deserves what he gets. Mm -hmm. And um, for those of you uncultured swine listening, um, no offense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, his name ain't Hercules in Greek mythology. Disney done screwed you over. Yep. No, his his name is his name is Heracles in Greek. Uh, it's it's the Roman myth that he is Hercules. Yep, just felt like I'd edumacate y'all that didn't know that. Um, but you know, coming upon Hercules, um, Disney also gave us that um view of Hades being dark and and brooding and villainous. And you know, as as we can see, that's that's not the case. Hades. Hades went a little cry-cry with uh, Theseus and Perithius, but I mean, guys, they were trying to steal his wife. Like, and he's a god. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, um, I mean, if I were Hades, I'd probably go a little cry-cry on them, too. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, as I mentioned a while ago, too, um, Percy Jackson is, is another one that, um, definitely mentions them. And I believe it's actually that river of forgetfulness that you mentioned that, um, if you guys have, have read all the way through Percy Jackson that he uses in that last book to, um, he, he uses, he, he gets himself dipped in the river here. Um, and 
he he gets the same powers as as Achilles, um, which you know will will probably come up in another of our podcasts sooner or later. You know, Achilles, um, cool dude, but he was basically invulnerable everywhere except his heel. Um, it's just Percy Jackson used used that river of forgetfulness um, to get those powers, and you know you have to you have to hold on to a memory. Um, the way Rick Riordan wrote this, the way he imagined this river, um, is that you have to hold on to some certain memory or or something um, to keep yourself grounded while you're in there. Otherwise, you will forget everything, um, just just like that. Um, but, um, also in Percy Jackson, like, like I mentioned before, um, Persephone is that one that's reasoned with easily, and I, I love Rick Riordan, you know, don't get me wrong, guys, but, um, I, I feel like he should have read some other versions of the myth, because, um, Persephone was not easily reasoned with, and Hades was definitely portrayed, as an antagonist or an antagonistic character at the very least in Percy Jackson um especially after um Nico came in to play and then later in the Heroes of Olympus series where we saw a daughter of Pluto um but he was he was a very antagonistic character and that was not the case in most um Greek myths that was, it was definitely the opposite of that. There's also another myth that involves Hades. Not so much Persephone, but it's another thing about characterization. Hades isn't the god of death. He's the god of the underworld. He has another underling named Thanatos, who is the god of death. And, that, oh, if, if you don't mind, um... That name might sound familiar to y'all Marvel fans, um, because Thanos, ha-ha, the big Infinity War bad, um, his name is derived from Thanatos, um, because he's such a big bad guy, you know, and he causes, like, this destruction everywhere with the Infinity Gauntlet, but they actually named him after the Greek god of death. Just felt the need to add that. Go ahead, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... Thanatos is the god of death. Uh, there was a story about a man who actually cheated death. And so he chained up Thanatos and kept him there for a couple months. I don't know why the gods didn't figure this out earlier. He was alive for a couple months and their death was gone. They oblivious. <laughs> you know. And then Hermes has to come along and try and take this guy to the underworld. And before he leaves, he tells his wife that you should throw me out in the throw me out in the streets. Don't give me a proper burial. And so that happens, and he's in the underworld, and he goes to Hades, and he's like, "Hey, my wife didn't bury me properly. Can I go back up and tell her off?" And Hades is like, "Okay, why? Are you kidding me? He does not like people." not going with their burial ceremonies properly. And so he does that, and he lives for a couple more years. And then... Dude be tricking death again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Man. There's another version where he complains to Persephone, and she's the one who allows him up back into the overworld, but it's more known, I guess, that Hades is the one, mm-hmm. but... That's one version. Yeah, because originally in that in that first part, he was um, speaking with Hades, and Hades is the one that was like, yeah, yeah, go tell your wife off, you know. You know, she screwed you over, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, just another great example about how um, people like to switch them around just because they have these ideas <laughs> of Hades and Persephone in their heads, you know. Of course, Hades... Hades has to be the Dark Lord, you know, like, he's, he's basically the Voldemort of Greek mythology. No, (laughs) no, no, no. In the Persephone version, after getting tricked and getting taken back into the underworld, uh, well, I lost my track. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's the one who punishes him for it instead of Um, Hades. Bam. Now, that's another reason why her name means destroyer. Um, she loved punishment. She loved justice. You know. Um, if I'm... Yeah. The punishment for this guy was endlessly rolling a huge boulder up a steep hill. And every time he got it up the hill, he was promised that he would be brought back to life. But that didn't happen because the boulder... Rolled right back down before he got up there. Ugh. Persephone. Man, I freaking love Persephone. Like, there's a reason. She's, like, one of my favorites. I, I freaking love her. It's, like, girl power. Like, she better than Hera when it comes to punishments. Like, dang. I mean, I know Hera threw Hephaestus off of Olympus. But, like, dang, that's punishment. Like, no wonder she was friends with Athena. No wonder. (laughs) Well, that's all for today's episode. So we we will see you next week. Next week we have a Gaelic hero. Thanks for listening.